FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Shereen Langan. Joining me in studio now is Robbie Ford. Robbie, how are you? Not bad, Shereen. Thanks so much for coming down. No problem at all. Thanks a million for having me. No, no, it's great. <laughs> so, Robbie, do you just want to take me back and tell me the story about how you lost your sight in the first place? So, I had a regular childhood. I kicked the ball, played football for a team, ran into the neighbour's garden to get my ball back, ran out even quicker and realised the damage I'd done to the flowers. <laughs> I've climbed trees, fallen out trees, all the relatively, you know how many relatively mischievous things a kid gets up to and i done it. Then I started getting very bad headaches in my pre-teens and they didn't know why. So I went to the doctor, I had allergy tests, was it sinuses and nothing came of the tests. Then, at the age of 13, I started losing my eyesight in my right eye, which was very worrying. We didn't know why. So my mother brought me straight into an optician to check it out. So he dilated my pupils and he realised there was pressure there and he got me straight into the Matter Hospital for an MRI scan. Now, I had half the day off school. I was even more happier than the fact that I was getting the full day off school. Now, little did I know what was ahead. So I had the scan and myself and my mother and father were waiting in the room for the results and my dad was called out and he came back in and he said, yeah, he said, you have a brain tumour. So it's like East Enders, Coronation Street, eat your heart out. Like, you know, it was uh, quite dramatic. It was very scary. But then that was November 1995. So Monday, November, Monday the 27th of November, sorry, 1995, I was operated on. And when I woke, realised the tumour had damaged sight in both my eyes. And the right one being the worst. But I got back to school, back up on my feet, back into school, back into the swing of things. I had to learn, obviously, differently. I had to you know, use a, a magnifier. Like, I wasn't completely blind at this stage. I had to use a magnifier. I had to sit up the top of the class to see the blackboard. I wasn't too happy about that. <laughs> I, can, I can imagine. <laughs> I, I, I was the same. <laughs> so then, though, in May 98, it caused complications, and they brought me in for another operation. So it was quite scary. Like, I mean, the positive part about having the brain tumour was I was delighted to found a brain. That's the main thing. <laughs> so... May 98 it caused complications. They operated on me then, then August 98 again, September 98 again, and then four times in January 99. Thankfully, they all, uh, they got the tumour in the end. In January 99, they said, look, there's a tiny, tiny, minuscule bit left in your head, but it's so small it probably won't grow. So again, I got back into school, then I went on to college. And then we finished college in 2003 and I collapsed they didn't know why they brought me in in January 99 when they said the little tiny bit of the tumour so small it probably won't grow they were right it didn't grow it actually broke up and went all over my head and right down my spine oh my god so they had to do radiotherapy so they did that and they said there was a 10 to 1 chance that my sight could become more impaired and unfortunately that's what happened but Life goes on. Yeah, because I know that from that you do a lot of motivational speaking now. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I talk in um, secondary schools. I've spoken also to ex-addicts and ex-prisoners. And basically, Shireen, it's all about looking at what you do have, looking at what you can do, 
And stop wasting your time looking at what you don't have and what you can't do. Yeah, because I know that as soon as you came in, you were telling me about um, when you went skiing. Yes. <laughs> so t- tell me, what, what, what was that like? Because I can't imagine going skiing like as it is, let alone with impaired vision. Yeah. Well, when I was first asked, to, I thought the guy that asked me was absolutely nuts. I said, blind people, skiing, are you for real? Like, so I started skiing with the National Council for the Blind of Ireland. And we went over to a place called St. Johan in Austria. So I didn't know how it was going to work. But how it does work is I have my own skiing instructor. And he's about 8 feet, 10 feet in front of me. So he guides me down the mountain. So as I'm skiing behind him, he's shouting back instructions. Go left, go right. You have to put a lot of trust into these people, of course. Oh, wow. I would be terrible. Honestly, I'm a bad driver. I would not be able to do that for someone. I'd highly recommend skiing. It's absolutely the adrenaline rush is brilliant yeah yeah so I'm skiing 12 years now oh wow amazing I didn't realise you kept it up that's really good mm-hmm. so what what other th- kind of things have you done so you've done skiing is there anything else that you've done to kind of properly push yourself out um, I've done a, a skydive oh okay yeah it's uh, it was brilliant amazing experience I have to say a poor guide dog got an awful fright I have to say you know <laughs> but, but it's an amazing experience if you, had, if you had to pick one, the skiing or the skydive, which one was more daunting? Mm, oh, the skydive. Yeah? Yeah, but the adrenaline rush is brilliant. It's amazing. I can imagine. I, I love how you've taken such a, what most people would consider a negative situation and you're really trying to make the best of it. Well, you see, through the help of family and friends, family in particular, they helped me find, find that tenacity that yeah. we all have inside us, you see. So they helped me along the way to, and encouraged me to find that tenacity to do what, to, what I can do mm-hmm. and not waste my time looking at what I can't do. For instance, Rain, if I was to give you a pen and paper right now and I asked you to draw a line down the middle of the page, I gave you five minutes to write on the left-hand side of the page the things you can't do and the right-hand side of the page the things you can do. I can guarantee you, you wouldn't even need five minutes to list the things you can't do. You need endless amount of ink, paper and time to list the things you can do. Because that list is en- endless. Yeah. So if you think of the word disability itself, if you look at the word disability, capital D, ten letters, it means it's something you can't do or something you have difficulty, do- difficulty doing. Everybody in this world has something they can't do or have difficulty doing. Therefore, everybody has a disability. But... If you look at what you can do and what you do have, change the word with a small d and a capital A and look at this ability that we all have, not disability. Oh, I like that. That's really, really nice. Did, did you come up with that one? I did. That, that, that's something that I'd end up quoting on my Instagram now. Wait and see. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm going to do. I'm going to turn that into one of those big motivational quotes. Far away, share the word, spread the word. No, that, that's absolutely amazing. So how, how did you kind of find that tenacity within you? If there's someone sitting at home and they're struggling at the minute, what, what sort of things did you do? Is there a way that people can go around to draw that out of them? Um, I didn't let it stop me. I basically still went out with my friends. I still still went for, as an adult, like still went for a point. Mm-hmm. I still I did all my things my friends do. Just yeah. the same as them. Yeah, I don't drive a car. I still get up on the dance floor, you yeah. know. So I kind of, with the encouragement of friends and family, it pointed out that can do. 
for me. And then subconsciously it came into my head that now I'm actually doing it. Yeah. So basically I would tell people again to look at what you can do. Write it down on a piece of paper. Write down on a piece of paper the things you can't do, as I said. And then write down the list of things you can. And I can guarantee you, folks, that list of what you can do will be a hell of a lot longer of what you can't. Yeah, no, 100%. And now I know that you've gone down the comedy route. So you've taken it to the extremes almost. <laughs> well, you see, with the motivation talks I do in secondary schools, I use humour in them as well. Not to the same degree as I do on stage, but I use humour in the motivational talks and that's to keep the kids' attention. And if you want to check out my website, Shreen, it's called optimisteyes.com. Mm-hmm. And that's E-Y-E-S, so O-P-T-I-M-I-S-T-E-Y-E-S dot com. So people can contact me there okay. if they wish, and I can gladly come into their company or their school and give a talk, no problem at all. But the comedy, yeah, then um, I was approached a few years ago. I was at an open mic, and I grew up to sing a song, but I changed the word, words of the song for the crack. And a guy approached me afterwards, a fellow called Robert, Robert McGuire, another guy called David Gilner and they asked me what to do comedy I was like not a hope lads there's no way there's no way so over the space of a few years I met the lads a handful of times and eventually last summer I gave in and the 12th of October last year I started and that was with David Gilner and, and Lightning Comedy so I just I was doing it once just to shut him up I'm never doing it again I did it once I was delighted it's over and done with because I was so nervous. And then my phone started ringing and I'm 18 gigs in now. That's, that's unbelievable because I know that you're saying that you're only doing this about six or eight months. Yeah, since October. That That's unreal. So it's flying, it's great. It's great like meeting so many new people and it's lovely to be able to make people laugh as well. It's laughing is medicine. Yeah, of course, it's best mm. medicine. And I know that you were saying that you recently got to support Jason Byrne. That's right, yeah. Um... A friend went behind me back and uh, basically what happened was a number of years ago, Shree, around the time when I was asked by these guys, firstly, what I do, the comedy, I went to see Jason Bourne and we were in the front row and he was taking the make out of the people beside us. He didn't touch us for at all. And he was telling a joke about he'd blisters on his arse and he was looking for the pseudocreme but he couldn't find the light switch and he put toothpaste on by accident, right? <laughs> I know, he's mad. And um, so after the interval... He um, came back out and he said, oh, look who I have here. These four virgins, because he hadn't touched us yet, you know. And he said, right, lads, up onto the stage. I said, sorry, Jason, I can't. My sight isn't the best, like, you know, I'm blind. I'm delighted, Shree. There was no apologies. He got stuck straight into me, like, you know. <laughs> he said, are you really blind? I said, yeah. He said, uh, your other senses must be great, Eddie. I said, I can smell that toothpaste off your arse, I said to him. <laughs> so, so we ended up going backstage for a few points afterwards, like, you know. <laughs> What a way to meet someone. <laughs> so um, him and another guy, Eric Lawler, he's the guy he's in Fair City. He um, he was a partner. So we ended up having a few points, like, you know, and the lads, I was, you know, they were asking what happened to me eyesight and stuff like that, as people do. I was telling them about it. I was making fun light of it. And um, basically they were saying to me, you should go up on stage. I said, believe it or not, that was said to me recently, lads, but I said, no, there's not a hope, but... As I said to you a few minutes ago, I eventually gave in, you know? Yeah. But the comedy I do, as I said there, making light of uh, what happened to me. So the comedy I do, I make light of blindness. Okay. So I'd bring a guide dog onto the stage with me. 
But the guide dog is invisible. <laughs> I'll, uh, I have him here in my pocket. Now. Uh, <laughs> now sit down there, Max. Sit down. So, yeah, so that's the guide dog. So I'll bring him onto the stage. And I um, just make light, basically, of uh, blindness. I tell stories of, true stories, of what happened to me over the years. Like, I was walking down Parnell Street one day, and a guy walloped into my shoulder. I just had the white stick in my hand. And uh, you can ima- he, he said, would you ever look where you're going, he said to me. So you can imagine the amount of language, the language that came out of my mouth. He turned to me and he apologised then, and he put his fist to my chest. He said, I'm really sorry, son. And he laughed. But he put his fist to my chest. He was actually putting his white stick against my chest. He was blind as well. <laughs> and the two of us laughed. He said, that was some sketch for Mr. Bean, son. I said, Mr. Bean? I said, I'm surprised there wasn't a crash, mate. <laughs> so stuff like that, like I tell, or t- going into a pub and going up to the bar and say, ordering a pint and turning around to talk to the person that's on the stool beside me. But it turns out they're gone. So I'm actually chatting up the stool, not the girl. Oh, my God. <laughs> so oh stuff God. like that. But look, come on. You know, I have a sense of humour. You have to laugh at these things. Like, I mean, life is too... You know, too hard, like, to take it too serious. A hundred percent. And do you have any gigs coming up for people that are listening that might want to come see you? I do. I'm down in Jolie's in Tullamore next Friday, the 28th. That's at um, nine o'clock. Okay. But there's a big gig coming up. Um, kind of ties in with the motivation speaking. David Gilnett, the guy that bullied me into this, um him and Robin McGuire that bullied best bullies ever I have to say <laughs> yeah, sure. they, they bullied me into this comedy it launched your career didn't it yeah absolutely the, the good type of bullying if there is a good type of yes, bullying yes of course yeah no bullying with a smile and uh, we have a show coming up in Swords Castle on Thursday the 18th of July that's being run by David and Lightning Comedy and it's being sponsored by AWARE. So all the proceeds go to AWARE and towards mental health. Okay. Which would be something close to me because of the motivational talks that I do. Yeah. So I think there's eight or nine of us on that night. So towards the 18th of July, Swords Castle. If you're around, folks, come on down and support the charity and have a laugh. 100%, definitely. And do you want to give out any social media handles on your website? I know you already gave it out, but throw it out again there anyway. Well, my for the motivational talks, it's called optimisteyes.com. Uh, O-P-T-I-M-I-S-T-E-Y-E-S.com. And if you want to find me on Facebook, it's Robbie Ford Comedy Nights, and that's Ford with an E. Robbie Ford Comedy Nights. Amazing. Thanks so much for coming in, Robbie. Listen, Shreen, thanks a million for having me. It was great. Pleasure. FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Shereen Langan. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. 
Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60.